A dash of grit isn't always about one moment of time. Sometimes it's an ongoing effort to always do the right thing, to help others do the right thing, to help others who always need help. That's real grit. And we're going to talk about it next. Cuddy, James Cutright is next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. I love this show, Dash of Grit, because it means so many things to so many people. And sometimes we're in a position where we've really got to bear down and get going and get things done. Sometimes it's an ongoing thing, and sometimes it's a combination of both. And when you serve people, uh, serve them in a a giving and charitable and a a growth-focused way, you're kind of always on call. You're always being gritty. And it's a really important place to be. And I can't wait for you to meet our guest today on Dash of Grit. He is the president and CEO of the Ashland County Community Foundation. That foundation has been around for a long time, doing a lot of great things. We're going to talk more about that with Cuddy, James Cutright, my Hi. friend. And welcome to Dash of Grit. Hi, Brian. How are you today? Tremendous, sir. I'm Good. so glad, glad that you're here. on the show. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you're glad because I, I know you've listened to the show many times. Absolutely. And uh, and I'm excited that you're on the show now because I know that you've got grit coming out of your pores and you've 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 <laughs> you've uh, you've exhibited it in so many different ways. And now with the Ashland County Community Foundation. So thank you for all that you do for our area. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, James, let's talk about the, the the community foundation first. Let's talk about success because I know that the foundation has grown and has overcome challenges and, and is doing great things in our community. And if you can, uh, can you brag about it a little bit and tell me some of the great things about the Ashland County Community Foundation? Sure. I'll just give you a real quick brief history if I can. So uh, a lot of times folks don't actually know what a community foundation is. And in fact, in times past, one of the most visited pages on our website was what is a community foundation. So first of all, just explain a little bit about that, I think. And uh, we're fairly young in terms of a community foundation. We're only 27 years old. The history of community foundations in this country go back over 100 years. And in fact, the very first community foundation was the Cleveland Foundation, believe it or not, in Cleveland, Ohio, Hmm. uh, founded in 1914. And so the whole concept of a community foundation is to be able to pool resources where ordinary folks can do those things that in times past only wealthy families may have been able to accomplish uh, with their resources. So it's a it's a really neat concept. Um, the metaphor that I often use in a, in a community is that we're like the charitable bank of the community. So if you think of a United Way organization where they are Uh, collecting charitable gifts and simply passing them through to the agencies that they serve. In a community foundation setting, we are saving the dollars that the charitably minded folks are placing with us, investing those dollars, and then distributing from the proceeds of the earnings of, of those dollars back into the community in the form of grants, scholarships, those types of things. So in 1995 in Ashland County, we realized we were a little bit behind the curve. There were surrounding counties uh, contiguous with Ashland that had had community foundations in place for decades prior to that. So a strategic plan was done. And at the top of the list was the idea that we needed to create a community foundation to capture uh, some of the wealth, frankly, that had been created in our community and 
uh, provide that opportunity to assist those that may have needs. So uh, that was the beginning of it in 1995. We had a very dynamic, iconic uh, leader as our founding president, a lady uh, by the name of Dr. Lucille Ford, who had a long history at Ashland University and as a leader in our community. And so uh, she served in that position from 1995 until 2012. In 2007, I had actually joined as a board member on the Community Foundation Board. And in 2012, the Succession Planning Committee simply reached out to me and said, you know, we, we, we need someone to uh, succeed Dr. Ford. And we keep saying we kind of need somebody like Cuddy and somebody <laughs> like that. And, and you said, hey, so, I know a guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so I had served a long career in construction management of all things. You know, the, there are a lot of different pathways to um, to positions like this and uh, 32 years in construction management, um, but a long history of serving on nonprofit boards. And uh, so the, that particular committee felt like I was the right person at the right time. And honestly, Brian, once the opportunity was presented, then I didn't want anyone else to do it. Yeah. Because I felt like I, I really knew what needed to happen with that. So uh, retired from my prior career and I'm in what's now called an encore career that I love. I love that. I love most people that successful uh, go-getters when they retire, they're not done. <laughs> no, so, no, I don't know what I would do. I, it's not my vocabulary, well. honestly. Tell me a little bit, Cuddy, what, what are we, what are we doing now at the community foundation? You're giving X amount of dollars to X amount of organizations. Can you give me a brief snapshot of, of the impact that you're making in the community? Sure. So in this brief period, 27 years, we're really proud that we've uh, given over $20 million back to the community in the form of grants and scholarships. So one of the things that we're primarily known for is a, is a scholarship house, I guess. And uh, so we're really proud that this past year, we just completed our scholarship grant making cycle. We're awarding 254 individual scholarships for just over $383,000. So making a tremendous impact in the areas of education, and uh, so uh, about four years ago, I tried to present an analysis to the board about various buckets of need that exist in the community. And I presented four different buckets, uh, education being one of those, which we're doing an outstanding job of filling that bucket of need in our, in our small county. Also the area of compassion, where we're you know, feeding the hungry and providing uh, necessities for folks that really have that need. But also, I felt like we needed to do a better job with community improvement and in the areas of economic and workforce development. So the last couple of years, we really steered more dollars into those areas uh, to try to bring about change in the community and, and move the community forward. And I'm interested, and then we'll get to some of the specific stories, but this is a relatively new foundation, and Dr. Lucille Ford did amazing things to get it zero to hero, right? I mean, brought it to where it is, and then you right. took over and, and took it to the next level. How much grit is required? How hard is it in a less than well-to-do community, for lack of better words? I mean, we've got our issues in, in Ashland, right? right? How hard is it to build up to a point where you're able to give back $20 million in, in resources? Is it, it, it Was the money just waiting to come, or is it a lot of work to get it done? No, I mean, everything takes effort, obviously. And so um, the challenge was just trying to um, identify um, needs that exist. And then we often say that we're just trying to 
match people who care with causes that matter. So with Mm -hmm. Dr. Ford's background, she was an educator her entire career. And so scholarships were a big part of what she was promoting in our community. And thankfully, you know, that's why we have so many today for a relatively small community. But the impact, what I witnessed happening when I was sitting on the board for five years, and my observation was that the impact from a scholarship is really one student, one family, not a lot of visibility in the community. So I felt like if we could be doing more to make an impact that was more widely known, then that would attract donors to us to get engaged, get more involved. How can I pitch in? How can I help? And that has primarily been the case. We, When I came on board 10 years ago, we had uh, 246 endowment funds, about $16 million. We currently have over 600 endowment funds for about $80 million. So it's been a tremendous arc of growth. You know, the old adage, people like to do business where business is being done is is in place right. here. You're doing a lot of things and doing good things and people want to be a part of something good. And so yeah, congratulations and to that. Success breeds success. I yep. think you know that no matter what your business might be. Absolutely. And so congratulations on that. And let's, I mentioned in the beginning, uh, you know, grid is all the time and grid is one at a time. And so a lot of this show, we like to focus on the one at a time. Can we go back in time a little bit and and tell us about a time when things were really hard and you really needed to to dig in and figure out how to uh, put things back on track? Some well, stories for us, us about grit? Yeah, sure. None of us have to look too far in our rearview mirror to, to know the pandemic was a challenging time. And yep. so for us, it was sort of uh, doubly challenging because in the year 2020, it was our 25th anniversary as a foundation. So we had made plans for that. We had, you know, carefully set aside some dollars and we were going to make this sort of a celebratory year of the fact that we uh, had created this thing in our community and it was uh, 25 years old and we'd made an impact. Mm-hmm. But COVID uh, had different plans for us. And so we had to, uh, as everyone had to do during uh, the pandemic pivot might, might have been the most overused word during that period of time. It's becoming so, that way if it were. Right, yes, yeah. yes. So we had to pivot away from what we had intended to do and recognize that there were folks who were really hurting in our community. And so we uh, immediately moved dollars that we'd set aside for a celebration into a pool of uh, what we called nonprofit COVID relief. And we immediately on a weekly basis did a rolling grant cycle where we were making dollars available to our agencies that were meeting those needs because what was happening for them was their services were being taxed at a very high level, but they themselves due to restrictions weren't able to hold their own fundraisers. And so we started making $10,000 incremental grants to our nonprofits so they, they could meet those needs. And we were really proud that over a pretty short period of time, we awarded about just under $200,000 out into the community to, to help with, with that sort of thing. And how did that manifest itself? It, we're, we're March 13th came and all of a sudden, now what, right? Right. Did, did you and your team get together and anticipate the needs or did you and your team say, okay, let's just keep on going? Or did you wait until someone came and said, we really need you and then amp up? Like what was the critical moment of, of deciding what action to take? Well, I think we pride ourselves on being pretty closely tied 
to the nonprofit service agencies that, that, that we serve, you know, we exist to be able to assist those agencies. Uh, we are not the boots on the ground frontline workers that our agencies are. And so um, very quickly real, we realized that they were hurting. And so we tried to be really proactive in that and not just uh, reacting to requests that we received. We reached out to them, found out what their needs are and were at that time, and then um, set about to, there was no sense uh, in us sitting on dollars or thinking that a celebration was appropriate at that time. And in hindsight, then we, you know, I was able to share with my board and, and as a staff, we realized that we demonstrated our value as a community foundation during that period of crisis much more than we could have with any sort of a celebratory event. What could have gone wrong? I'm interested in the decision because to me, the decision of do we celebrate or do we serve is is a fairly easy one. Um, Maybe I'm wrong, but what could have gone gone wrong when you change the method of how you distribute the funds, why you distribute the funds? Uh, What's the issue at stake there if things don't go the way you plan? Well, I think the community suffers. Obviously, the, those uh, you know folks were uh, losing jobs. Uh, we had um, you know our Salvation Army. We have a beautiful Croc Center Salvation Army yeah. associated charities, which is a little unique to the Ashland County community. Yes. Um, you know, I, I I don't know that a lot could have gone wrong. Uh, to be honest, Brian, you know, we were uh, the need was clearly there. And uh, we were doing what we felt like we were supposed to be doing, which was to be good stewards of these dollars that we've been entrusted mm-hmm. with. So it's the decision of, of how do we spend the dollars and how do we transfer the spend of the dollars? And were there other organizations, were there other uh, scholarship opportunities? Like what, what did you have to choose against? There's only, unless you have a money tree in the backyard, there's only X amount of dollars and right. you choose to spend these dollars in that way. Um, what's the, what's the adverse side of it? Who, who, who didn't get a couple of bucks that time? Was there an issue with that? Not really. I think uh, we tried to concentrate on those agencies that were providing what we call basic human necessities. Yeah. You know, there are people, you know, you, you don't think about it and sometimes in our small counties, but there are people dealing with issues of hunger and, uh, you know, folks needed help with utility bills being paid or, or gasoline and, and that sort of thing. So that's how our dollars were getting used. And I think it's part of just having that built that relationship of trust mm-hmm. with the agencies that are on the front line that we know that they're going to be using these dollars wisely so we're nor- normally we're you know really heavy on the accountability side that if a donor wishes to make a grant or pass dollars through to an organization, we're going to make sure that money's spent the way that donor anticipated that to be happening. We eased up on the accountability side because we trust our agencies and we knew that they'd be doing the right thing with those dollars. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't have to have the reporting back or no. the, are there, this is an off the cuff question, but are there any examples uh, during that time that you know your switch that you made and the investments that you made, uh, specific examples of ways that you were able to impact change? You may not have those because I know that's not your job, but it's yeah, a question. I, um, yeah, those those 
specific examples may have not crossed my desk actually. Yeah. But, they happen uh, at a different level. Yeah. But, uh, as I, as I said, the, uh, the whole structure is built on, um, having faith in the organizations to execute their missions. And, you know, we're really close knit communities. So this isn't Cleveland or Columbus, you know, these are folks, you know, the leaders of these nonprofits are the same folks that I'm in line with at the grocery store or at the gas pump. And so, you know, we're constantly in contact and having those, those conversations. So, um, yeah, good. The Dash of Grit podcast is brought to you by Spire. Spire creates results-driven digital marketing and websites that help companies grow. Are you ready to break through the barriers that hold your company back? Take your growth higher with Spire. Learn more at spiread.com. And, and, and moving forward, how has that change and that time, I mean, COVID changed things for everybody. How, how has that changed the, the way the Ashland County Community Foundation moves forward, uh, decisions that it makes? Was it just an easy, quick back to the way things were, or are things a little different now still? No, I think we're uh, trying to be more aware. Uh, so every community foundation uh, faces a challenge of having a lot of their assets are restricted by donors. So if you as a donor, you know, you love the YMCA and you want to come in and create an endowment fund that's specific for the YMCA for them to receive designated distributions each year, we're happy to do that. The toughest money to get, honestly, is unrestricted dollars where we can be a bit more proactive And we've been successful in the past few years of growing that pool of dollars so that we as a board and staff can uh, set aside, uh, you know, many pools of dollars each year to be able to meet needs as they as they may change. And so I think what that has, you know, what that has uh, inspired us to do is to be more conscious of that. And to be a bit more careful, a bit more cautious about making sure that we always maintain a pool that would be available in an emergency or to yep. provide that, that relief at, at the drop of a hat. Yeah. What's next. So we, we hope there's not another pandemic <laughs> around the corner, but what are, what are the next opportunities for grit? What do you see coming up on the horizon for the Ashland County community foundation that you're going to have to overcome and, and uh, accomplish to be able to even serve more and better in the future? Well, one of the really cool things that uh, we have a group, uh, that we call our women's fund. And they are a group of ladies who form a steering committee and they have stewardship responsibility over a pool of dollars that were given to us specifically to benefit women and children in the community. So for the past year, they've been working on a, a really strong effort to uh, try to advance opportunities for women in the workplace. And, um, So what they recognize is a a significant barrier for women, particularly single moms, but families in general, is the need for affordable, available childcare in our community. And that's a challenge that um, every community faces, but it's tied to economic development because Mayor Miller, our economic development rep per se, is out uh, drawing interest to our community. We had a fantastic announcement here recently that Charles River Labs is going to add 500 jobs Mm -hmm. uh, with a new testing facility, a $200 million investment in our community. Fantastic. But along with job creation, then you have to provide 
pathways for families to be able to take those new jobs or to be able to retain the jobs that they have. And so if childcare is an issue that becomes an obstacle for, for women in particular to be able to do that, our Women's Fund wanted to take that on as a challenge. And so they uh, became a fundraising mechanism. And um, this thing has gained momentum with local employers participating as strategic partners. We had a developer in the industrial park that got excited, donated a three acre parcel. And the Women's Fund has decided to raise the money, three and a half million dollars to build a new 12,000 square foot childcare center. Oh, that wow. will be partnering with the employers in the industrial park where those employers will provide subsidies and other assistance to be able to uh, add about 150 childcare spaces uh, locally, which will be a significant plus. Yeah, we're going to need them. Economic growth is wonderful, but it creates its own set of challenges. Yeah, it does, for sure. Yeah, yeah we don't always think sure. about the other side. Be careful what you wish for, right? <laughs> it's one exactly of those. right. So, uh, so anyway, we're really proud of that Women's Fund effort. Cuddy, grit is something that I think we all have, but few show. And you've shown it. And I'm interested in this final question. What are you most proud of? You've overcome a lot and you've done a lot. Um, with that, I don't, don't mind patting yourself on the back. What are you most proud of at the end of the day when you go home? Well, um, I mean, I love this job. I love the conversations that I get to have with both sides of the philanthropic exchange. You know, you have donors on one side that are trying to make an impact in the community and you have those that are on the other side of that using those dollars to make positive things happen. So, you know, I'm proud of the relationships that we've built. Um, I, you're, you're well aware uh, that we have a, uh, what we call our impact youth council that is making a tremendous impact on youth in our community. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a program with high school age students, grades 10 through 12, where we've given them a pool of dollars and, and full decision-making authority over how those dollars are spent to benefit youth in our community. Something that's been really close to my heart always is just trying to, um, impact young people in a positive way. And so I'm really proud. I created that program seven years ago and it has really blossomed uh, into quite a force for good in our community. And um, just trying to be an example to young people, I think, and, and provide that sort of leadership model for them and and um, in all the ways that, that you and I both like to do by being dependable and, um, just being a mentor when needed. And um, so those are the things that I, I love that I get to do each day. Jim, if people wanted to talk to you more about the Community Foundation, ways they can get involved or just learn from you, and that's what I suggest, uh, just pick your brain a little bit on, on ways to be tough and get things done. But if they wanted to, how would they reach out to find you? Uh, well, we're at uh, 300 College Avenue in Ashland. Uh, we have a website ashlandforgood.org that's our new url ashlandforgood.org or you can reach me at my email which is cutty c-u-t-t-y at ashlandforgood.org sorry so uh yeah i would encourage anyone if they'd like to know more about us or if i can help in any way please reach out Cutty, there are certain people i think that that live their life in such a way that when they look back they realize that they did a lot more than they think they did and i think you're going to be one of those people so i well, thank I, you for everything you've done i appreciate that brian thank you thank and you for being on the show what you're doing my friend we love this program <laughs>
Thank you. I appreciate that too. We will we will do so. And folks, if you'd like to hear more of these episodes, they are on dashofgrit.com or where you find your podcast where you're listening right now. James Cuddy Cutright, CEO, Vice President of the Ashland Community uh, Foundation, Ashland County Community Foundation. Thank you for being on the show and thank you for being our guest on Dash of Grit. Thank you, Brian. Folks, stay gritty. We'll see you next week on Dash of Grit. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things.